Welcome to the Purposeful Fitness with Coach Ola, where I dive in deeper into holistic health and fitness topics that will help you stay inspired, motivated, and dedicated to living a purposeful fit life while pursuing for the Akhirah. Hey guys, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to the second episode with Coach Ola. I am so excited to have you here and thank you so much for tuning in. And in the first episode, I left you off on a little cliff note telling you about how my, li- my life came back together after finding lectures on YouTube and how it helped me create the name Be Fit for Akhira and all of it. So are you guys ready to find out the what, the why, the where, the how, all of it about Be Fit for Akhira? If so, let's get the party started. So, like I said, I've had eating disorder issues. I've had suicidal thoughts, attempts. I've had anxiety, depression. I thought God hates me, that he turned his back away from me, that, you know, there's no point in life. And just want to share something really briefly and quickly. And that is when I was a young girl, I need to give credits to my family that my mom and my cousin especially took me with her to a Quran halaqah to do Quran tajweed and tafsir. And then I've also had a local neighbor who did her own halaqah group. And so therefore, the Islam knowledge was actually embedded at a young age. But practicing wise, it didn't really happen that much. Like it was on and off until my early college years. And I'm so thankful for being embedded of Islamic knowledge, but I wasn't forced like into anything. I wasn't forced into hijab. I wasn't forced to pray. I was just reminded about it. And that's what we need to do and keep doing to our frame, family and friends. We can't force anyone to pray. We cannot force anyone to fast. We cannot force anyone to wear the hijab. Like Islam is not a forceful religion. We just need to keep that in mind. And inshallah. So... Yeah, like I said, I saw a hadith that put me in fear, like, okay, you know, there's no point, I am in hell, all that stuff, and let's just remind of the past, so 2010, it's when things have happened in Syria, when the whole arise happened, and families started breaking apart over, like, disputes, like, oh, are you with this president, like, are you with him, as in, like, are you with the president, are you against him, and if you're against, if you're with him, that means, like, we cannot talk to you anymore, I'm just telling you guys the reality and of Syria and the communities, because we are broken apart, majority of us, especially with families, like, you know, I've seen it in my family, I've seen it in my communities, that, like, if I, you know, if, if you say something, they'll take it the wrong way, they'll take it like you're with him, and if you're with him, that means, like, you're with him, and that you shouldn't be talked to, and if you're against him, that means, like, it's so crazy, but that's why I'm doing Bifit for Akhira, because I want to be united, and that is my mission and intentions, inshallah. So, in 2014, in early 2014, my grandmother got sick in Damascus, Syria, and her sleep she was sleeping she was she had a dream and i believe she was calling our names my mom's and mine mona ola and then the doctor was asking like who are these people you know they need to be here right now they told the doctor that it's us and we live like in america she lives in syria and that's kind of impossible for us to come and he was like they need to be here because in her condition isn't looking that good i couldn't go my mom obviously alhamdulillah like she was able to attend and go so obviously her condition got worse and worse and then she passed away in March 2nd, 2014. It was the most saddest moment in my life and obviously a wake-up call. 
her death was beautiful in the sense that she kept on to faith until her last moment. She kept on, like, she held on to the sunnah. For example, like, Turi Surat Kahf on Friday, her daughters would recite it or have it on for her. And I need to remind you of something else. So remember how I said I started, like, seeking knowledge and secrets, kind of, and, you know... My parents thought I was getting a little bit too much with seeking Islam knowledge, that I'm going too crazy, that I'm not understanding it right. And, you know, I was questioned, like, where did you get this hadith from? I was questioned, like, where are you getting your knowledge from? I was questioned. I was mocked, I guess, and told that I am the sheikh of the family. And then they, and then I was questioned, like, oh, what madhab are you now? Are you, are you a Salafi? Are you, like, a Wahhabi? And remember how in 2010, when the whole thing started in Syria, that's when a lot of people kind of start like leaving islam or like questioning islam or like fearing to talk about islam because of what just happened in syria and what's still happening right now so my parents were actually like afraid about me you know like oh my gosh like is she going too much with this but deep inside it's like no like i just want to learn more i just want to find out more and yes i will admit i did go a little bit crazy some days and you know we live and we learn so in 2014, I found a lecture on YouTube called, I forgot what the name of it, but it was actually by Sheikh Saad Taslim. And it talked about like death and how sometimes God sends us like these reminders, messages in life to wake us up, to remind us of him. And I'm like, subhanAllah, like, you know, her death really woke me up. And also I've lived through guilt conscious because I felt that it was my responsibility and my fault for not allowing my mom and myself to be back in Syria, despite the the struggles that's happening, like to travel back home. I felt like it was my fault for not giving my mom the freedom to go back home. And the reason why I had these guilt feelings, because every summer, almost every summer, I'd be like, oh my gosh, no, I gotta retake this class. I was trying to get done with school for so long it took me so long so i had to retake so many classes like i've mentioned and i just lived with the guilt conscious so when her death happened so it was a good good wake-up call and i was like oh my gosh what have i done in my life like have i am i prepared for death really am i really ready for this and alhamdulillah it was a good wake-up call so then i believe that's when i ran into a youtube video called prophetic dynasty with imam musam sharif and the title captivated and captured my attention because it was very interesting like a dynasty like i've never seen heard a dynasty in like islamic perspective i've always like heard stories of the prophets or like you know the journeys or whatever but a dynasty was like so cool like <laughs> you know when you see like chinese like, uh, movies or like i was thinking of the Chinese dynasties and I'm like okay cool let me click on this so I clicked on it and from the very first lecture I felt so connected and I felt oh my gosh like the enlightenment the lights in me came back and I wanted to like learn more and it was like it was broken into parts so I'm like okay part one is done part two and I kept moving on and I took notes I still have my notebook it was like 70 pages wide rules. I filled all of it and I had to use extra pages. I colored a lot. You know, I, I used color pens to distinguish like the dua from the part one to distinguish a couple things just so I can have like my notes organized. And I would actually hide, like I would do it in secret. So at nighttime, I would like study it or listen to it. And then I would pay attention if my parents were coming upstairs and if they were getting close, like, oh my gosh, I gotta hide this so I don't get in trouble again. And get told, like, don't listen to this, or you're wasting time, and all that stuff. 
I will share just a little bits from the lectures because I think they will help a lot of people, including myself as a self-reminders, because they were super, super, super helpful. First of all, he started the lectures with taking on the creation of, man- of mankind. He brought the whole science into it, the logic reasons into it. And to me, that's very useful and interesting because obviously I'm a science major and to me logic always helps like he didn't start off with like oh even the dynasty that he started he didn't start off with like halal haram he started off with what the first prophet that came on earth what was his mission what was the first dynasty's objectives goal what the second dynasty's goal and then the third dynasty like what it covered so that was very interesting and i loved it so I will share again just a couple things. First of all, he said the most respected organ to Allah is the the what? The heart. Is it the heart? Is it the brain? What do you guys think? It's the brain. The brain is the most respected organ to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it's actually mentioned in the Quran so many times, like don't they think, you know, and subhanallah, just you know, as I was going through the notes, I was like, oh my gosh, like mental health, ta-da, like guys, like that's why we need to care about mental health in Islam because God has mentioned in the Quran like a lot of times the brain, the mind, don't they think, don't they think. It's like why would he say that over and over and over if we shouldn't be taking care of the mind, their neurological system in our body. So that is that. And then he said when you sin and God sends you an angel or a lecture, do not feel self-pity. And I'm like, okay, interesting. SubhanAllah, it's a sign. This lecture is like found for me. And then he said, there is no point at which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not accept your forgiveness. But he's sending you hidayah, guidance, so that is between you, him and his decree. And I really like that because then I felt conscious, like I've had guidance come to me before, obviously. And I'm like taking all of it for granted, thinking that whatever, like God hates me, you know, like almost left Islam because I found it so complicated and so hard to follow that's why I almost like left it because I'm like this is too much and I know there's a hadith that talks about that you know even the prophet like someone came to him like this is too much to handle and he told him like just I think the hadith said to keep at least with the zikr of la ilaha illallah like just hold on to that again I'm not a sheikha and I'm not a scholar I am just sharing what I have learned and then I like this really part. He said, God did not create us to go to hell, but he knew that our desires and the beauty of this world would be very high. And was my favorite at this also. He said that God did not create us to punish us, but he created us to have mercy on us. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is so beautiful. He created us so we can meet him in paradise. And this life is just a ride in between. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like... Finding this video was so spontaneous, and to hear this word was, again, spontaneous. I'm like, is this a sign that Allah SWT is telling me, like, Ola, don't lose hope on me, don't give up, like, I'm here for you, there is hope, there is paradise, like, you can still make it through. SubhanAllah. And again, I do go back to the whole, like, the universe is giving you a sign. For me, it's not the universe giving me a sign, because I believe in God, so so Allah SWT is giving me a sign, telling me, like, girl, you got this, don't give up. And then here comes the part where he said, if we work in our iman and akhirah, it would help us in all other parts of our iman. And then I wrote in here, iman and akhirah, arrow, iman in the message, arrow, iman in God, Allah will be strong. And that is so 
true because obviously I've had guilt conscious feelings and I told you about my bulimia episodes where I'm like one day something like one day my hands will speak against me like I had these conscious guilt feelings and like it's in my head that you know I gotta be accountable and I and I found the hadith obviously where it says to hold accountable for yourself in this world before you are accountable on the day of judgment so I've always like had the concept of akhirah in my mind but it was just like back there in my mind and like remember how I said when I used to go to the, when I went to the court and I stood in front of the judge and I would imagine like sitting from in front of all the pilots had like giving my case and and even like when I was holding my books on my right hand like school when I go to school I would imagine like, holding my books on the day of judgment on my right hand because inshallah I want to be among those people who who are going to hold their books on the right hand with the good deed versus the bad deed and then oh my gosh this is like the point that woke me up also he said that is this is why it is important when guidance comes to us we should grab it and hold on to it and my dear friends that to me was like a, a guilt conscious feeling a lot because i'm like oh my gosh like i've had guidance why am i taking this for advantage like how can i do something in my life to to give back and then he said never close the doors of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy and never say that Allah will not forgive me. And this came from Prophet Nuh where he was telling people for 950 years, like, guys, come back to him. Guys, don't give up. Like, for 950 years. And then he said, I believe, Imam Islam said that I believe in that Akhirah is the biggest component of Iman and how a lot of us, like, a lot of the Ummah these days are forgetting it, forgetting it. And I'm like, so true, because obviously I've seen it in just, not in just me, but I've seen it around me and all of that and then i'm gonna finish it off over here by describing the beauty of prophet musa alayhi salam how he was he defined courage he was you know he had weakness as well he had anxiety as well he was struggling in how to talk to the pharaoh and then god comforted him telling him you got this he gave him a dua he gave him his brother he's like you got this just go to him and talk to him like even he had you know fears and then oh my goodness prophet salam, as we know him and as he's called jesus peace be upon him he came and he taught the world to love and to unite he before him obviously was prophet musa salam, and that's when a lot of like the jews kind of got into like debates about like oh we should do this shouldn't do that and then jesus was sent down like guys let's go back to the basics of loving each other the basics of humanity and then and that was the simplicity of prophet prophet muhammad i think i wrote in my notes that between me and jesus there are no prophets we are like brothers and i think he said stop cutting out prophet jesus without the narrative without him we cannot complete we cannot find the completion of our deen and my dear friends that was like so beautiful so amazing so inspirational because we the muslims are kind of like in the whole we get stuck in the whole debate of oh my gosh look at her oh my gosh look at him oh my gosh this is halal oh my gosh this is haram oh my gosh but you have music in your work but your name is Bifid for akhirah and we get so stuck up on these little things that we forget the basics of the basics and that brings me to tell you that in 2000, I forgot what year, but in my Nova days, I created a Facebook page called 
fitness and nutrition motivation, I think. And I was sharing tips and tricks on how to eat healthy, workout, nutrition, all that stuff. Because obviously, I found strength from my own workouts that I wanted to give back to the world. So subhanAllah, it was all there. There were signs all there that I was ignoring. And then in 2000, so I created the Facebook page. Like it clicked in my head. I'm like, oh, ta-da, be fit for akhirah. Because I wanted to be fit. I wanted to connect like fitness to like being fit for akhirah. Like it just clicked in my head. And that's when the name came about. I started a Facebook page first. Then my friend created my Instagram account. So my actual Instagram was never created by me, subhanAllah. And she would share for me. She would help me out. And she saw that there is a potential of it to grow. So yes, I've had support from the beginning. But I've also had some setback and criticism. So 2014, I was about to be done with Mason. In 2015, I applied to walk the graduation. So I was like done, completed all of my biology requirements. And I took actually two electives, mental health and women's health. And the mental health class was very interesting because one of the assignments was to go to an Alcohol Anonymous meeting. I couldn't forget, I couldn't remember another option, but like that was kind of the best option to do for the assignment. So obviously my dad and I, we went together to the Alcohol Anonymous and we sat, we had to listen and it was so interesting to hear people's stories and their struggles and their addiction with alcohol. And honestly, I was able to relate to them because I've had my own addictions with food. I've had my little addiction with like throwing up, you know, and I shared my story. They felt like sympathy for me. I felt sympathy for them. And then they gave me the 12 step guide book on the, the program and I still have it. And it was just interesting. I walked the graduation in 2015, but I got a D in biodiversity. It's a five-credit course. It's one of the biology requirements, and you have to get C and higher. And I was so close to getting, like, a C. So I ended up walk, retaking, like, part out of the class in the summer. And let me tell you, one of my friends told me, oh, why don't you just apply to FAFSA? You never know. And I'm like, why would I apply for FAFSA, like, for financial aid, if I'm going to graduate this year? Like, what's the point? She's like, no, just, just do it just in case, because you never know. Because... I think actually she sensed that I'm not going to pass my class. (laughs) So I was like, okay, fine. So I applied for it. Even though I was so sick of school, I shouldn't be done and just get out of it. And oh my gosh, subhanAllah, I actually got financial aid from the government. Like really good help financially. And I'm like, what am I going to do with my money? Like what am I going to do with this beautiful gift? And I got a health promotion minor because I've already taken the women's health class and the mental health class, which were part of the minor then I was able to finish the minor in like one semester plus an extra elective and then spring semester I also took electives in 2014 the summer actually I have to tell you this as well I did internship with Helping Hand for Relief and Development a nonprofit organization that helps a lot overseas they have amazing programs and I was one of their interns for the summer and I loved that experience because they gave an opportunity for young adults to get out there to network professionally to get connected to islam like we had interns a phone call and we would like talk about like we would have a hadith in the meeting and then we'll go over like the goals the financial goals like this and all that stuff and i just liked it and then in the summer of 2015 i got a summer job to work with high school students as an advisor to go to medical school and it was a very interesting experience at the same time so I had one college, one high school student who I'm still friends with. She told me, like, I told her about my eating disorders, struggles that I've had. And she's like, oh, my gosh, Olam, you know, my friend also had this issue and it's not easy. And I'm like, I know it's not. And that's when I realized that there is 
this issue is still ongoing and it will be ongoing because we always see magazine covers we always like see temptation so you know it's not easy and then the spring semester fall semester I took the health communication class and in and then in that class we learn about like how to run a campaign we learn how to communicate health topics through the media creatively and Beefy for Akhira was created on Facebook, remember? So I had that passion for it. Like my passion came back, fitness, health, it all came back. So I wanted to continue finding ways and how I can connect all of it together. And my friend put together a quick logo for me. And my teacher at that time, he was like, oh, that's so interesting. Like, okay, so you're doing faith and fitness. And I'm like, I guess. I mean, for me, to be honest, I know everyone was like, duh, Ola, that's what you're doing, right? Faith and fitness. I'm like yes and like there is still like little fear of me to continue in this path it's just because of like like i don't want to go to extreme and i don't want to like you know give the wrong impressions or like be judged like all this struggle that i have gone through because of the feedback that i've had that i will share briefly um at the end so you know my teacher saw a very interesting perspective and in how i'm bringing like my own faith and the campaign was very interesting like i would work i, I would put together like video concept and video ideas like this is how i want to do it this is how i want to communicate to the world and how islam can like how we can be fit while we're like living this life for the akhira like all of these ideas that inshallah i will bring to life in the coming day, in the coming years and days, but yeah, like that's when it all started in 2015. And then the health communication, the health family communication class was very insightful, very interesting. I learned a lot from it, and I learned a new perspective of how our family dynamic impacts our health communication with our family, and how our health issues can impact our family dynamic. I know it sounds so confusing. But to give you an example, so let's say you are uh, in the hospital, God forbid, and you have to share like your private health information. They ask you, do we have permission to share this with your family? And or like another example, that was a, a complicated example. Another example would be how some families still struggle to talk about depression, how some families are not very open when it comes to like genetic testing and how some families think like, it's a taboo, like, you know, when it comes to breast cancer, for example, when it comes to, like, Alzheimer's. Like, a lot of families don't want to share the past or the history because whatever reason. So that's how an example how family dynamics could impact your future health. And when you do become, God forbid, like, sick with Alzheimer's, that's when the dynamics of the family starts to change. And all of that is so interesting. So in the beginning of the semester, we had to define family and we had to do, like, an activity to say who do we define as our family. And subhanAllah, I remember from the prophetic dynasty lectures about Prophet Nuh alayhi salam, Noah, and how he thought his whole life that his son is his is part of his family until subhanAllah told him like, no, he's not your family, forget him, let him go. He was among the ones that sank in the ship and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told him that the people who are with you in the ship are the ones who, the believers, are your family. And I was like, subhanAllah, like, you know, Islam already talked about these issues, but we just never think about it because we think that the Quran is just a story. It's like, it's just stories in the past. We never connect things like that. So that was like, I guess, one of the early connections. Actually, the earliest connection that I have made myself where in the early Nova days, when I started like lifting and I got into the whole like rep sets, resting time mindset, I would connect it to prayers, like the sunnah prayers. I'm like, okay, you know, I got to pray the, like, for example, the 
the duhr salah we have like four rak'ats and then we have the sunnah before it and after it i'm like okay it's like sets we have five sets or five reps here then we have <laughs> and then when it comes to ramadan i would like connect it when it comes to tarawih prayers like we have some people pray like 18 rakats some people like pray the minimum eight and what have you and i would try to in- inspire myself and motivate myself to pray more and more and more day by day and i'm like okay so i'll do like four rakats for tarawih and i'll rest like 30 seconds or whatever and i'll do another set like it's so funny and crazy but that's the connection that I have made and then I was trying to become a certified trainer in 2015 14 but then again I was in school I couldn't really balance like even when it came to winter break it was just too much information I'm a very slow learner so then it was just too much so finally when I graduated in 2016 I was like that's it I was free I was so burned out from school, but I studied for it and I passed. And then I did not apply to the big box gyms like the Gold's Gym. I actually tried to shadow the trainers. I was too in- intimidated to go to another, like to work out a big gym. So I went back and I applied to George Mason. And this is when the whole Beefy for Akhira was still happening. And then in 2017, I became a certified functional specialist. And then also in the... In the in the same time, I worked as a young soccer coach for little kids, like ages two to eight, with a company called Soccer Shots. And I loved it. And that's what got my passion back into soccer, that I wanted to start playing it. And I did play it recreationally. And then in 2018, so just last year, I attended my first IDEA conference in DC area. And it's one of the useful conferences for trainers. So I networked, I met people, and... I hired a business coach. So my business coach helped me, of course, set up my business, start it up right. And when it came to like register my business name, I live in the United States. So we had to like every state has their own rules. So when I went to my county to register my business name, I was like, oh my gosh, this is getting so real. I named it and I registered with my county called Be Fit for Akhira. And I am a sole proprietorship as of now. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is getting so real. Like the fear got even stronger, like the real of being an entrepreneur, being an actual business owner, like this is getting super, super real. The journey has not been an easier. You know, I've had so many days where I wanted to give up in the past. And I'll tell you a little bit of why. I know this is going to get a little bit controversial. So again, for, for the Muslims right now, I'm trying to talk to you. The reason why I... I'm still going on with this. Despite the fears, despite the feedback, it's because I feel all of us need to be reminded of the concept of Akhira. No matter what, we need to re- be reminded about living a purposeful life without going too extreme. So I, my intentions with my business is not to like hold a stick and hold it on against you, be like, oh my gosh, like you're in the wrong way, you're in the wrong path, like you're going to hell. That is not my job, obviously. I just want to inspire all of us, like to be fit, to be healthy, mentally, spiritually, physically, with a purpose, for a purpose. You know, each one of you, each one of us have their own struggles, their own stories. You have your own struggles at home, I do too. You have your own spiritual, like uplifting ups and downs. So do I. Like do you think I'm on do you think I'm on time with my prayers? No I'm not. Do you think I'm like always doing zikr no i'm not like i've slipped i've you know but i keep reminding myself and obviously also that is reminding me a lot and i'm like okay you know I, I failed in the past sometimes like i'm kind of like guilty about it or whatever like comparison it's normal happens but there's a hadith that remind us and i keep reminding myself about that hadith where it says like comparison and 
it can be a good thing if you know what you're comparing of. So comparing ourselves to someone who is more practicing, I don't like to use the word religious too much, okay? But someone who's more practicing, someone who's like praying more, doing more, like why can't we look up to this person compared to someone, oh my gosh, like they're so successful in this world. Like that's not all of it. So I'm not perfect, I'm not an angel, like, you know, it's not easy doing this. So the feedback that I've had, what I what happened with me in 2015, I think it's kind of funny and sad. I put together like a video through my computer and I put on a Facebook page that talked about like uh, stress management and what have you because I took a class that was part of my minor about stress management. And I had a feedback that told me like, you know, I don't agree with women putting their pictures out there on social media. I don't agree with women putting like their videos out like that to the public and she mentioned i was given a name of someone who is like somewhat a scholar and she's a female she, i'm not gonna mention her name and they were like you know we do not agree with her work it's not right to speak like that in front of men and i'm like okay interesting and she said like how on the day of judgment like this will be a witness for you and i talked to someone about it like is this really true because Khadija talked to men, but behind a screen, just like when I'm talking to you behind a podcast, behind a mic, you can't see my face. That's kind of like, you know, but like, it's not fair, in my opinion, to say like women can't do this and that when men can do it. Islam didn't come like that. You know, we are changing. Life is changing. I'm not here to justify like anything. I'm not in depth about, I don't have sufficient knowledge about the Sharia of Islam, the law of Islam. Like that's not my job over here. But if we can look at the overall work that I'm doing or someone else is doing and look at that compared to like this little thing. So I know another friend who has her amazing business and her spiritual journey and all of that. And she also has faced some pushback from the Muslim sisters. Like, sister, you're going, you know, this is like they would find such a little things to, to, to de debate about. And it's so frustrating and so annoying. And it's like, stop it. And that's why I brought up the Prophet because he came and that's exactly why he came. That's what Allah Taala exactly brought him to this to life. And that so we can love each other for the sake of Allah Taala, not for the sake of your in hell, your haram, your this and that. And another example that has happened with me. For example, and I had a picture of like a fitness magazine. She wasn't like that naked. Oh my gosh. But then this Instagram account also had the word Akhira in it. And then she's like, you know, but sister, like this picture is haram. And, you know, you're going to get so many sins for this because you're allowing other people to see it. And I was like, okay, you know, like what the heck, whatever. And then I had another sister on Instagram she unfollowed me because I had music on my Insta story. And I was doing nothing but... And I wasn't even dancing. It, like, I was dancing because I was, like, I had my sock. And I was showing how the socks is kind of, like, a glider so you can use at the gym, but at home. And the kitchen is so funny. And she's like, yeah, you know, a lot of, like, it's not right. It's haram. And you can go around asking, like, so many scholars. Almost, you know, all the scholars, like, disagree with music. And I'm not going to get in the whole debate. One, I understand it is not right. I'm not going to use the word haram. I know it is not 100% right. Number two, in the lectures from Prophetic Dynasty with Imam Musam Sharif, he also talks about it. Um, I forgot the name of the prophet, the dynasty, but he talks about it. He brought up the concept. He actually used Quran to tell us why it's not correct to listen to music. So I don't want to be this preacher 
that I'm not practicing and I am aware that my business name, my logo name is be fit for Akhira and I know in Akhira on the day of judgment like I'll be a witness, I will like I cannot justify I'm working on it but and then she goes and tells me like oh but you know you should have chosen maybe a different profession if this is like not like if you can't do it and I was kind of upset and hurt and I couldn't reply her back because I was so mad because she does not understand what I went through and she has no right telling me like you should have chosen a different profession a different profession whatever it is there will be temptations no matter what no matter what okay and then another example where at the beginning you know like alhamdulillah you know I, I have some support from like families but they were kind of like, it's just still a struggle. I don't want to talk about it, but it's really a struggle for me, guys. You don't, you have no idea what I'm going through, but I'm so passionate about it. And I'm like, I'm reminding myself as I'm recording right now that this fear inside of me, like as I'm about to publish this episode, the fears, the anxiety, it's part of it is from shaitan. Like whenever you do something for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, of course, you're going to be tested, number one. Of course, you're going to have waswasa in your mind, in your, in, you know, you're going to have like, self-doubt and that is such a test and i want to go back to that person who used to work on herself used to like i used to have a journal and it's like a beautiful cover on the outside like paradise uh like trees and garden and i'm like the door to jenna something like that and i would like track my prayers and i know there are apps out there right now such as ramadan legacy for example productive muslim out there you know i i, I look up to their work i'm so inspired and I want to be that person. I want to help other people to come back to Islam, but in a beautiful way, without being forceful, without telling them like, oh my gosh, like that is my vision. And actually on my website, if you can go to befitsforakhirah.com slash about, you can read about my vision, my mission, but the tag line on my mission, which my business coach also helped me with, it's to be strong, to be fit, to be fit for Akhira. I wanted to create like this a slogan word that can be connected. And then on my vision, the tagline for it is a stronger, more confident and a hopeful ummah because that is just my vision. And I will, I understand that this vision cannot come on my own. That is why I'm actually working right now on a simple collaboration with a local nonprofit organization that's that she and I have like same similarities we both love nature that's why I'm so passionate about art therapy journal therapy nature therapy like all of it because all of it can help us like if you're not mentally fit you cannot be physically fit like if you're depressed or if you're helpless or if whatever like you lose the motivation to work out because you have self-doubt or whatever then you're not going to work out as a professional fitness and as a personal trainer, I don't look at the body as just like one thing because I've gone through it all. I've gone through it myself and I believe also that put me through it with a purpose and with a reason. And I was, the lectures I saw on YouTube where like a sign given to me, they, they popped up on YouTube for me to help me connect these things together because he sees what I don't see in myself. And that, and then the other thing, Oh my gosh, the other other thing, I joined the Muslim Entrepreneur Network. It's a British uh, network. Most of them are like from England. And I joined it in like 2016, maybe 17, just so I can learn how to run a business. And they had a lecture about like from an Islamic perspective and actually Islam promotes entrepreneurship. And they brought up like a lot of from the Sahaba, you know, Khadija was a business owner. So now I'm reflecting about this and I'm thinking, 
when I was in college, like I wanted to drop out of college, it I looked bad. I looked I was looked at like I'm a bad person. All I want all I should do is just like go get married because if I'm not into education, then maybe I should be into marriage. And that is so stupid and so pathetic because if someone and that's why I'm a person, I'm a believer, like if you're not into school, it's okay. There's no shame. Like you can go back to school later. Education is of course important, no and no doubt. But maybe right now it is not meant for you. Maybe right now you can't handle it all of it together. You know, I've seen so many people who do their master's program at an older age because they're more mature and they're like, now they're able to handle it for whatever reasons. So it's so <laughs> funny, sad. And that is why I have that drive, passion inside of me to like keep going. And that is why I'm doing this podcast and why I call it a purposeful fitness because I want to inspire all of us to live a purposeful life and not let it go by waste. And also, I, as I mentioned in my bio, that I launched my business with a Ramadan prep package and an ebook. I am actually right now working on it and editing it. I have a lot of things coming up. And Alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed me with two interns in just like in one year before like even hitting my one year in a business. That is such a huge blessing. And I, I see it as a gift, as a sign from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala letting me know like you know you can do this don't give up like don't lose hope of course and i heard it from dean's dean's inspiration you guys should go listen to his podcast it's very inspirational there was an episode i forgot which interview with but you know i I believe he's a sheikh also and he also struggled running his own thing and he said how if you're actually being criticized if you're actually being told like this is that and this is this or whatever it's actually from the sunnah subhanallah so being criticized for your work is actually not only normal but it's actually from the sunnah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it's so beautiful so amazing so thank you again so much i'm so excited because all the future episodes will be helpful i promise will be insightful and do not forget to grab your free ebook a jump start to your fitness journey to keep it for life if you have any questions, let me know. If it's not in the show notes, for whatever reasons, please come to my Instagram or my Facebook page, Fit for Akhira. I would love to have you. Everyone is welcome on the club. I don't care if you're a Christian, if you're a Muslim, if you're a, an atheist. I don't care. Like, you know, we're all humans. And I want to be connected, all of us together. And that reminds me, oh my gosh, let me tell you. I've seen other non-Muslims, like a lot of Christians do tie up wellness tie up um, fitness and subhanallah so beautiful at the idea conference i ran into this lovely lady she is also local and she's also going through her own struggles and she wants to create a workout program where she brings in the gospel reminders into the workouts but she has her struggles in like speaking with the churches and all that stuff. Just like how we have issue, how we have struggles in the Muslim community when we approach sometimes certain massages, certain communities. You know, if you don't agree with their thing, like this is the reality, and I need to speak it, even though you might not agree or think I'm I'm, I'm wrong. I don't think I'm wrong. I've seen uh, someone complain about it on Facebook. It's so hurtful, especially like, if you're a lady. That's that and then i've seen prayfit.org he is bringing like also reminders from the gospel i've seen before how he brought like prophet ibrahim the love of jesus i have a book in my in my office that brings in like how you should love your body 
and like she's it's a christian author so i'm very i'm always interested to see like how other people from different faith are bringing their faith to fitness health and what have you and it's like why can't we be the same why can't we the muslims be the same and be proud about our faith be proud about our book the quran our sunnah the prophet muhammad why should we be shy and nervous and all of us just come together instead of like sneak peeking at each one and i remind myself like i'm not because it happens to me sometimes you know I'm like oh my gosh like this is what she's doing is not right I'm like ola uh-uh don't let the shaitan get into you remember your sins like i remind myself of my own sins my own mistakes that i need to work on and that helps me to come back to reality of not judging someone else because i know it's it happens and it's normal but we just need to be aware of it and remind ourselves to not get too much into it on a final note before i forget i've had this image of like passing the baton to the youth to the next generation because remember how i did track and field and i think like in the long distance i was one of those like runners who would the relay the relay races where you pass the baton to the next person so growing up like i'm like you know why can't we <laughs> pass the baton to the next generation just like the prophet muhammad sallallahu passed the baton to us the ummah we are responsible and we're going to be questioned and we're going to be answered about it so that's why i love and that's why imam Islam actually brought the prophet Isa and prophet muhammad sallallahu because we are the brothers the sisters we are related to the christians we need to embed the love of prophet Isa into our hearts just like the christians do whether you believe in this or you don't believe in this that's okay, that's completely okay but i'm telling you that is my inner passion my inner drive for be fit for akhirah to be fit for the akhirah while living this life to use your body to you know when you pray for example like why why can't we like look at prayers and we should like stand tall take a deep breath why can't we stretch after salah to maintain the flexibility why can't we like i don't know there's so many examples that i will get into like later inshallah but just these little things you know not to be fit for akhirah and like you know get debated or get told like you're you're being too much i don't care i'm gonna i'm gonna continue with this inshallah i'm not gonna change my business name as of now, maybe in 10 years, who knows, we'll see. I know I'll have like struggles, but I also have seen help from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I know the ride, the as imam, it's just a ride. <laughs> like it's not going to be easy, but inshallah, I got this, inshallah. And in the second, in the next episode with Imam Wissam Sharif, we get to hear her, his perspective. And that's why I have the first three episodes about my own background story, how my business name came about, my logo name came about. And with Imam Misam, because I just wanted to get his perspective on it even more. And moving forward, all the future episodes shall be related on how to be active and how to be fit and how to be healthy, spiritually, physically, mentally, and much, much more. Thank you again. Jazakallahu khairan. If, as my business coach says, take what you like and leave what you don't like. If you liked whatever I said, thank you. If you don't like whatever I said, also, thank you. Jazakallahu khairan. If you don't like what I said, make dua for me, for the success of my business, for guidance. So I have to mention this too. My best friend, she's my graphic designer. She created my logo. She created my Ramadan welcome ebook cover. She created my calendar for 2018, 2019, an Islamic calendar that is for the Islamic months. 
And subhanAllah, by the way, you can grab it on my website, www.befitsforakhira.com slash helpful-tools. She also created my artwork for this podcast. So it's all from my amazing graphic designer and best friend. And subhanAllah, when we sat down to talk about my logo design, as a graphic designer, she has to find out like my niche, my market, what I'm trying to accomplish with my business or whatever I was going for, right? And she thought of this genius idea, subhanAllah. She was like, Ola, like when you work out with your female clients who are Muslim, why maybe, for example, when you guys stretch, you guys can like recite a Quran, like something from the Quran. I'm like, oh my God, girl, like you're amazing. Like subhanAllah. And I remember like sort of last year how we're supposed to actually recite it after we leave each other. Because I remember like the, the companions... Of the Prophet Muhammad the Sahaba used to do that. And I was like, wow, so amazed how a non-Muslim reminded me of something that is like Islamic related. And when I launched my business last year with a Ramadan package at after each workout, I did that. And, you know, it's just so amazing. So alhamdulillah for these little things that I get in life and the pushback or whatever, like I'm so blessed for all of it because it's all a trial, it's all a test and it all makes us stronger. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? So hang on to faith, hang on to the rope of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Let's stay strong and let's finish off with reciting Surah Al-Asr. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Wal-Asr. Inna al-insana lafi al-khusr. Illa ladina amanu wa amilu as-salihat wa tawasu bil-haq wa tawasu bil-sabr. Jazakallah khairan and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thank you for tuning in. If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe today and leave a five-star review. You can also screenshot and share this episode with a family or a friend. Be strong, be fit, be fit for akhirah.